It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We've gone through a lot of different things with free agency. We've gone through team needs. We've gone through the cap situation. What we haven't done is talk about the actual targets. It's time to talk about some actual players the Magic could be bringing in. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is June 29th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman. I am the expert insight editor over at Orlando Magic Daily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go over free agency needs for the Orlando Magic, but then talk specifically about players they could target. Over the next couple of days, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about some specific players, how they fit with the Magic, why I think that they are good targets for the Orlando Magic, why they might not be, and who else might be out there. We're gonna get into some specific names. I know I tend to speak vague when it comes to this stuff. I guess I don't like I don't like creating aggregation pieces, but uh, please don't aggregate this. But uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the free agent targets that I have on my list on today's episode of Lockdown Magic. But before we do that, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to thank you again for making us first on your listen, whether you listen to us right when right when you wake up, right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On Podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. With promo code locked on. That's pricepix.com. Promo code locked on. We have talked a lot um, at this stage of the free agency process about team needs. And we're going to, I'm going to separate this podcast as well into team needs. We've talked a lot about the Magic's cap situation and the players currently on the roster. The Magic, uh, at least by my math, are expected to have somewhere between $23 and $24 million of cap room, assuming they keep Bull Bull, assuming they keep Gary Harris, Markel Fultz, and Jonathan Isaac. Today is a big deadline day. Um, the Magic have a team option on Doga Batadze. They have an op- they have a option on Admiral Schofield and an option on Michael Carter-Williams. If the Magic decline all three of those options, which they are expected to do, the Magic will be on track to have around $23.5, $23.6 million of cap. Tomorrow, Friday, is the deadline to guarantee Gary Harris, Markel Fultz, and now Gary Harris and Markel Fultz's contract. Jonathan Isaac's guarantee date is in January. So we could be seeing some moves for the Orlando Magic if they do cut some of these players. Then all of a sudden, the, the cap math changes a little bit. Um, again, I, I do expect the Magic to... Uh, decline the team options on the three players today. 
I do expect them to retain the players tomorrow. That's Bull Bull, $2.2 million. Um, Gary Harris, $13 million. Uh, Markel Fultz, $17 million. And then Jonathan Isaac, again, his seven, he's guaranteed for seven of $17 million. His contract is not fully guaranteed until January 10th. So I expect the Magic to keep all these players, but you can see how that number could balloon to more than $37 more million in cap room. If we get a press release Friday morning, Friday afternoon, saying the Magic have waived Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, and Markel Fultz, or one of those three, I think we could safely assume the Magic believe they're going to do something very, very big in free agency. That's like a tide going out uh, and going out far, knowing that the, the wave is coming back pretty soon. But let's just assume for 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 this podcast sake that the Magic are going to operate around with $23.6 million. And all those players that I talked about are going to stay. All the players that I also talked about are gone. Um, you know, the players today are gone. The players tomorrow are staying. When we look at this roster, we can clearly see that there are some needs still to fill. And I know we've talked about this a lot since the draft. That the Magic have a big need to fill in their front court. To me, backup center is the biggest uh, biggest uh, immediate need because I, as much as I like Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze, and, and I know there's a faction of Magic fans that believe that the Magic should keep both of them, and I think that's an okay option. If you really believe in Goga Batadze or, you know, I, I think just because the Magic waived Goga Batadze or declined the team option of Batadze does not mean they wouldn't bring him back. Um, you know, that's something they could potentially do with Gary Harris too, although I highly doubt that because Gary Harris, I think actually does have a, a very robust market. If he, if he entered free agency, um, the magic need a backup center. So we're going to spend the second segment so I can get, take more time on that um, here in a minute. The other need the magic have is to add another powerful, um, whether we want to believe this or not. I think most magic fans would agree. If the magic enter the season, really relying on Jonathan Isaac, then something's probably gone wrong. Now, the stretch four need, and I do believe it is a stretch four need. I think they still need to add some shooting to this lineup. The stretch four need isn't as urgent. And so the name I'm going to suggest probably is a little too aggressive for what the Magic are looking to do. Because at the end of the day, the Magic still have Jonathan Isaac. They still have Chuma Okeke, who they can still develop, and, and has shown flashes in, in his three years. And they have Bull Bull. And Bull Bull is at least interesting enough to still create some avenues for him to play. Um, you don't want to bury him so deep. But at the end of the day, when I look at this power forward position, I think the Magic have to come into the season with options. They can't rely on Jonathan Isaac being healthy. Isaac's played 11 games in three years. And look, I like the guy. I think he's still a very impactful player. It's just when is he healthy? Availability or best ability is availability, and, and Jonathan Isaac just isn't available. And so the Magic, I think, do have to spend at least part of their free agency money on the power forward spot. And this is where I think they could spend a good chunk of money. Uh, the Magic have been rumored to be part of the group going after Grant Williams for the Boston Celtics. Now, Grant Williams probably doesn't sound like the biggest, sexiest name. He averaged 8.1 points per game, 4.6 assists per game, 25.9 minutes per game, shot 39.5% from deep, is a career 37.9% shooter from three. So he can hit from the outside a little bit. He's six foot six, so a little bit undersized, which doesn't go against the Magic's kind of type. But he's proven himself capable of defending bigger players. He's proven himself to be a solid defensive player coming off the bench, and I think that he would. I think he would help this team with his skill set and and his and his versatility. 
Besides that, he is a really important piece of the Boston Celtics and, and their title runs and their and their Eastern Conference finalist teams. He is a restricted free agent, which does mean that the Celtics do have matching rights on him. Um, and they, because they have their bird rights, they can match anything. So you got to still come up with a contract that would keep the Celtics from bringing him back. And considering the Celtics just traded Marcus Smart, I, I am very skeptical that he is moving teams. On top of this, Grant Williams is expected to have a very robust market. Um, I've seen Dallas might be chasing after him. Detroit's chasing after everyone. Houston's chasing after everyone. Um, there are a lot of teams that probably view Grant Williams the same way as the Magic view him. Um, and so the question is, you know, if Detroit and Houston are going after him, they also have cap room. So the Magic couldn't just throw just a dollar more than the mid-level exception. I think the mid-level exception is 12.5. The Magic couldn't throw like a three for 36 deal at him and and eliminate some of the competition. There are going to be players, you know, that the Magic might chase after that they could probably do that with. Where, you know, a team is willing to offer the mid-level exception, but the Magic say, well, ha, we're going to give him 14 million a year. Take that. And the other teams just can't match because of the salary cap rules. Grant Williams, I think, is going to have a very, very robust market. So I don't think that he's necessarily the option. Now, there are a couple of smaller stretch four options I think would also be good. George Niang, he's just a pure shooter. He's not going to give you much defensively. If the if the option is um, if the option is to still rely on Jonathan Isaac or to give Bull Bull a chance, George Niang is probably a good backup option on a one or two year deal. P.J. Washington from Charlotte is a little bit more aggressive. He could play some center as well. He's also a restricted free agent. I don't think Charlotte's going to let him go. And then if the Magic want to go the veteran route, Markeith Morris is, is also available. But again, he's he's coming toward the end of his career. Um, is Orlando a place where he wants to be? Can he still contribute a high level? Um, does that actually solve the power forward problem, which is the Magic don't want to rely on Jonathan Isaac too heavily um, to play? Because again, if, if, you're, if the Magic's... Essentially what the Magic did in, with the draft, in my opinion, was make sure that they never had the guard shortage that led to their 5-20 and 20 start. Now what the Magic need to do in free agency is shore up their power forward and center spot, especially for the Wendell Carter, for the inevitable Wendell Carter injury, uh, and, you know, to cover themselves for Paolo and Franz, you know, being in, if, if something were to happen to them. Um, again, Franz plays through everything. Paolo missed 10, 15 games because of the sprint, because of he rolled his ankle. Um, you know, it's... Those guys feel pretty reliable at this point, so I don't think it's it's that urgent of a need. To me, and I'll post free agent power rankings uh, on on Orlando Magic Daily on fr on Friday morning, early afternoon. To me, um, Grant Williams is probably the most aggressive the Magic would get. Um, I don't see the Magic going after a huge name. The rest of the names we're going to talk about on today's podcast are not going to be like headline shakers. They're not going to be like, they're not going to be rewriting headlines. You know, really, if the Magic do anything big, it's probably going to be a trade. And, and a lot of fans have been suspecting that a trade to, to loosen up the backcourt a little bit is in the offing. I'm skeptical of that. I think the Magic want to see, wants want to see what internal competition looks like with this group before they make some final decisions on guys. But, um, but I do expect the Magic to to add new players, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some new guys coming to the mix, some important players coming to the mix, but I don't expect them to do anything big. Grant Williams is about as big as I think they'll go. When we come back, we'll talk about my favorite offseason need, the backup center spot. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. There we go. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just, just simple as that. They are daily fantasy made easy. There's no complicated salary caps, no complicated scoring systems. It's just you versus projections. If you think that Jose Siri is going to hit a home run tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks, you say Jose Siri will hit more than 0.5 home runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's really that simple. All you have to do is pick two to six players. If they go score and if they go on to score more or less, whatever you predict, then their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus projection available. So you don't have to worry about those sharks who know what they're doing and just beat you time and time again. You're not just hoping to get your money back. That's how I felt playing some of those other daily fantasy games. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you've been listening to me or, or reading anything that I've written uh, really since the season ended, um, I have been on a big, I don't want to say crusade, but I've been on a big kick um, that the most important thing the Magic have to do this offseason is find a backup center. Uh, and not just a backup center. This is a starter caliber center. It, it colored, you know, it, 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 I, I'm so obsessed with it. It colored my locked on NBA mock draft. Thank you all for holding me accountable on that. Um, but that was such a huge thing for me that I was very, very in on certain ideas. And I'm still very much in on those ideas. Wendell Carter has never played more than 65 games in any season of his career. So even at his best, I think he hit 65 once. He misses 17 games a year. 17 games a year. The Magic went 5-20 and and missed the playoffs by three games. A lot of what I think the Magic are doing in free agency, and I don't think it was necessarily the case with the draft. I think the draft they were looking for, for, um, for the best players they could find. Um, you could argue that point later. Um, but this free agency needs to be about shoring up the rest of the roster so that what happened at the start of the season last year doesn't happen again. That if the Magic are missing a key player to injury, they're not going five and twenty. They're going what's a what's a record? You know, even eight, I don't want to say eight and seventeen because that's 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 not like ten and fifteen. Like 
12 and 13. The point is the Magic couldn't hold the boat steady last year when they were dealing with all the injuries. This year, the Magic need to be trying to hold the boat steady. And so to me, a big key to that is getting a starter caliber backup center. Now, how are you going to get that? You have to pay for it a little bit, perhaps pay a little bit over for it. But I think it's really, really important to have someone that you can rely on, that you can plug and play um, and 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 use in this situation. And that's why I think, honestly, the Magic's biggest free agent target, unless they have a deal for a center somewhere else, if we're just looking strictly at free agents, the biggest free agent target to me might be Dallas Mavericks center Dwight Powell. Now, that's not a sexy name. I, I'm not going to pretend that he's the sexiest name. He, his statistics are not great. Um, you know, he's averaged 6.7 points per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, and 76 appearances, 64 starts last year. Not the greatest stats in the world, but his value isn't about counting stats. He's familiar with Jamal Mosley. Um, he's familiar with what Jamal Mosley expects from his from his players, even though he wasn't a head coach in Dallas. I think that helps. But Powell, Powell is really good at the little things that don't show up in a box score. The Mavericks had a 119.4 offensive rating with Powell on the floor and a 113.2 defensive rating. Now, some of that certainly he's playing a lot with Luka Doncic, but Dallas had one of the best offenses in the league last year. They were better with Powell. Not only were they better offensively, they were better defensively with Powell on the floor. He averaged three screen assists per game. Wendell Carter led the Magic with 3.8 per game last year, for reference. And the Mavericks scored 1.47 points per possession when Powell was the role man in pick and rolls. He may, again, a lot of that is Luka Doncic. Let's not pretend that that context doesn't matter. But Powell is a strong roller to the basket. He can play above the rim. He can block some shots, defend the paint. Um, opponents shot two and a half percentage points worse at the rim than expected against Powell. He saved 0.41 points at the rim per 75 possessions. I put him in the 94th percentile, according to Basketball Index. He can scavenge. He can work around the basket. He's going to stay out of the way but still enhance a lot of the things everyone else is doing. Now, he's not a strong, the strongest rebounder. And I think rebounding is quietly one of the Magic's bigger issues. The numbers don't show it because the Magic rebounded at a high rate still, but they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds and second chance points, or they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds that turned into second chance points. So it's, it's, you know, it's it, he's not the sexiest name. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the guy. This is the guy. Put all your resources into him. No, he's coming off a three-year, $33 million contract. You could probably get him at the same number at around $11, $12 million. Now, is Dallas going to work to retain him? How much is Dallas willing to pay to keep him? They're coming close to that luxury tax too. You know, they've got a lot of questions as well. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that he leaves Dallas. But the issue is the center market really dries up. This is not a good market for, for centers and a good market to get backup centers. If the Magic get priced out of Dwight Powell, they could go after Mason Plumley. They could go after Alex Len. They could go after Andre Drummond if they're looking for a veteran. They could go for a smaller kind of switchy center in Trey Lyles. I don't hate that idea. There's restricted free agent Jackson Hayes, who has had a very up and down career with New Orleans. They could chase after a bigger scorer like Christian Wood. I, I, he is just such a bad defensive player. I don't necessarily think that is where the Magic would go, but he does fit their versatility kick. Um, or they could give end-of-the-bench guys like Drew Eubanks, Nemeas Quita, or Chemezi Metu opportunities as well. And, and, and again, I think 
if they don't get a guy like Dwight Powell, maybe they chase after Mason Plumley. But after that, I think they do go after the Eubanks, Quetas, and Metus. Um, and Lyles, I think, is in the mix too. But to me, this is such a big need that I would invest a little bit more in it. I would give two for twenty-five, or you know, go go a little bit overpay to get a guy like Dwight Powell, who you know is reliable, knows the coach well, you know, isn't going to ask for more than than he than he's than he's got. He's you know had that had an issue a few years ago, but he's been healthy the last two seasons. He's someone that you can trust to fill his role, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. And I think he would enhance this team. I think the Magic do need uh, someone who can play a little bit more above the rim. And, and look, Powell's not flying out of nowhere to block shots, but he can he could sky up there a little bit. He could be a hard roller, which you know Wendell Carter isn't necessarily a hard roller. Uh, and so I think that the center position isn't very deep in this free agency. I'm, I'm, I'll I'll be completely honest with that. Um, it isn't very deep, but. I do think that there are some some good players that the Magic could get that could be stopgaps maybe until the Magic really figure out what they're going to do with the center position. And I, I love Wendell Carter. This is a prove-it season for Wendell Carter. Prove to me that you can be a playoff-capable center. If it were me, Dwight Powell is probably at the top of my free agency list. Um, more than Grant Williams. Grant Williams is a restricted free agent. I don't think Boston's going to let him go. Um, I, I think there are other – we're going to talk about one more player that they could fill that power forward role. Um, but I, I, I think that if I were the magic, Dwight Powell would be one of the first meetings I have or have get a, you know, see how the market is, is shaking out before I talk to him because he's, he's kind of a fringe starter type player, which is what I think the magic really need at that center spot. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the bigger fish the magic could chase. Um, a player, a veteran player that I think might be in the Magic's range if they're willing to put all their money into one basket. Um, we'll talk about him coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, obviously the Magic still need shooting. Um, you know, I think that's that's a... Still a big piece of this puzzle. Um, you know, I, I, we like Jet Howard. We like what he's going to bring to this team as a shooter. It, it, it's going to be a huge boost. As much if you can argue the Jet Howard pick uh, and whether the Magic were right to take him at eleven or not, all you want. At the end of the day, the Magic got their shooter. Um, so you can't be too upset with the Magic's decision making process and and what they ultimately decided to do. They they wanted a shooter. They got a shooter. Done with that. Um, so now we move forward then to, to, to think about, okay, what else do the magic need? Now the magic have been connected with Max Struess. Um, he is a, he is a sharpshooter. That is his job. He's, he's a solid shooter. Um, averaged, we get his averages here. 11 and a half points per game shot 35, 5% on 
from deep on seven three-point attempts per game, shot 36.1% on catch-and-shoot opportunities, according to Second Spectrum, took six catch-and-shoot three-point attempts per game last year. The Magic need guys who can shoot at volume. They need guys who could who can make three-pointers um, and take a lot of three-pointers. I think that's one of the attractions of Jet Howard. Um, you know, you don't need like three, four guys taking six, seven, three. So if Jet Howard is your designated seven three-point attempts per game guy, if we could get Gary Harris up to five or six, I think that's probably enough for the Orlando Magic to have a constant three-point threat on the court. And that's certainly a guy that's constantly available. But Struess isn't going to be able to slide to the four. And so signing a guy like Struess, I think, further muddies that that guard situation that we're talking about. The Magic could certainly get in on some other guys. Kelly Oubre Jr. has been a popular choice. He can play a little bit of power forward now in the NBA, um, although that would leave you a little bit small. Not known as a great defender, but he is a volume shooter who could get hot and score a lot of points. I don't think that's completely out of the table. You got other wings like Karis LeVert, Jordan Clarkson. The Magic probably going to be priced out of those guys. Um, Alec Burks is hanging around. Uh, Magic fans certainly thought Bruce Brown would be the option for the Magic. I love Bruce Brown, but with the Magic's log jam at guard, I, 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 and I don't think Bruce Brown has the size the Magic are necessarily looking for. If the Magic are looking for a veteran, you know, Joe Ingles is still kicking around. He had some good games for the Bucs. That could also be an option as well. But I want to talk about maybe some bigger fish. Um, you know, I want to end today's show by by thinking a little bit bigger. I'm, I'm not a big thinker when it comes to free agency. I don't think the Magic are going to act big, but they have the tools to think a little bit bigger. Um, and beyond just needing shooting, I think the Magic needs some veteran help as well. Um, getting, you know, I call it my Horace Grant theory. The 1994 Magic made the playoffs. They were young. They didn't know what they were doing. The Magic signed all-star forward Horace Grant to a big deal. Uh, and all of a sudden, that team looked a lot more serious. And look, Horace Grant was a great player, but his playoff experience, his veteran know-how was something that everyone had to listen to. And so while that team, that 95 team, could still have a lot of fun, Horace Grant was the one that told him it was time to get serious. And I think that was something the 09 Magic were missing. I think that was honestly something the 2010 Magic were definitely missing. Just someone who could get them to know when the serious points of the season were uh, and to help them through it and not let them spiral. That 2010 team especially kind of spiraled uh, when they hit some adversity in that playoffs. And I think they could really use a, a veteran championship guy on the floor. There is one player on my list here that I don't think is going to go anywhere. I think ultimately he stays where he is. I think would probably be priced too much. And I don't think the Magic would have the role that he would want. But I'm going to throw the name out there nonetheless. Again, I think this is very, very, uh, very, very much a long shot. But if I were the Magic, I might go fishing for Harrison Barnes. Now, again, that doesn't sound, again, none of these names are sexy, but Harrison Barnes averaged 15 points per game, shot 37.4% from beyond the arc. So he he has the, the skills that the Magic are looking for. He can play both forward positions. Very, very solid year. He's coming off a four-year $85 million contract. Was paid, was paid $18.4 million last year. And he started for the Kings. I don't think that part's changing. So... The Magic can't give Harrison Barnes a starting spot. They can't promise him that. If he's willing to come off the bench and the Magic are still willing to pay up a little bit, you know, maybe $15, $16 million, maybe a little bit more, maybe get, maybe overpay on like a two-year $40 million deal to like give him that last big contract and then you'd be able to turn him loose again. Um, he would be a really good veteran to have. 
He is, he's been to championship series with Golden State Warriors. He's still able to contribute at a high level. If something happens to one of the Magic's forwards, they don't have to change the way they play because he's still out there. Now, I think Barnes will ultimately stay in Sacramento. So this is very much a pipe dream. But this is the kind of thing that Magic need to be thinking about. Who are the veteran players who can help this team? Who are the veteran players that have been to the championship, that have been deep in the playoffs, that can help this team? And maybe this isn't the summer to worry about this need. So maybe this is something to think about now and say, okay, here's the, here are the options for this year. Maybe we think about this more next year after the Magic have been to the playoffs and we know what this roster needs to succeed in the playoffs. You know, I think I just think you have to like have it in your head. Now, what about other big fish options? Could the Magic go big game hunting here? Um, I've always really liked Chris Middleton as a potential option for this team. The Magic obviously don't really have a starting spot for him um, unless he can play shooting guard still, which I don't think he has the speed or the health to do to do it. But Chris Middleton is going to get 40, a $40 million a year contract, just like Fred Van Vliet is going to get a $40 million a year contract. Um, there's a rumor the Rockets are going to offer two for like 82 or two for 81 for Fred Van Vliet. And look, the Magic can get themselves up to about $37, $38 million in cap room. That, you know, again... We will know Friday before free agency begins if that tide is coming in because the Magic will wave Jonathan Isaac, they'll wave Markel Fultz, they'll wave Gary Harris. I don't think any of those three things are likely, um, but if they do that, Jonathan Isaac's $10 million off your books. Gary Harris is $13 million off your books. Markel Fultz is $17 million off your books. You can go from 20 some on million, you can go from $23 million of cap room up to above 50. And so the, if the Magic are going big, big fish hunting, which again, I don't expect them to do, we will know very, very quickly. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet's been a target for a long time. He's a volume shooter, solid defender, a bit undersized, but can play the two. You can play him at the one. If you're cutting Markel Fultz, Mark, Fred Van Vliet is not a bad point guard to have. That would free up the space to give Anthony Black some time to play, Jet Howard some time to play. It, it, there is a little bit of sense in doing this, but it does feel like that is pushing the accelerator faster than the Magic typically like to do, but then again, the Magic may really see this as an opportunity to do so. Um, and it, again, just depends on what they know about the market and what they know they'll be able to do. Um, I think that is really, really interesting. And look, Van Vliet's going to cost you at least $35 million a year. Um, whether it's a two-year deal, whether it's a three-year deal, the Magic can get themselves up to, uh, up to around $60 million in cap room. They could be major players for one of these stars. And look, you don't make those moves unless you know you're getting one of these players. Um, you don't cut a starter in Mark, two starters in Markel Fultz and Gary Harris without knowing already that you're going to get one of these players. And look, we can pretend we can pretend tampering isn't happening. Tampering is happening. Everyone knows where players are leaning already. That's the bottom line. Everyone knows. I don't expect the Magic to do this. I don't expect the Magic to go after Big Fish. I expect the Magic to be very, very quiet. Not quiet, but I expect the Magic to be very patient this offseason and with free agency. As much as it's fun to think about Fred Van Vliet and Chris Middleton, even Harrison Barnes might be a little fun to think about. I don't know how people feel about Harrison Barnes. I would be looking towards the Dwight Powells, the Max Struces, the Grant Williams. That's where I think the Magic ultimately are going to sit and are going to rest um, this year at free agency. I think this, this agency is about completing the roster. I don't think it's about making huge waves. It's about completing the roster, having a group that they feel comfortable, is ready to make a playoff push, that can cover themselves for injuries, 
that can that can bounce back and be deep, and then the Magic will figure out how to combine and consolidate some of the, some of the talent they no longer need uh, to get players that they do need moving forward. Um, of course, this conversation is focused only on free agency. I'm not in the business of predicting trades. I think that is very possible. The Magic do make trades. They can use their empty cap space to absorb more salary. So I'm not going to pretend that trades aren't very, very possible. The Magic could be a team right for a trade. Uh, I'm this not really in the business of trying to predict what those are because, uh, again, I don't really know what the Magic are looking to do in trades and, and who they're looking to deal. I mean, in the mock draft, I was very open to trading Chumo, KK, and Bol Bol. That was about it. Um, that's about all I was really focused on. I didn't really want to let go of any other players. I think Gary Harris does have a lot of trade value. A $13 million salary could be really, really valuable to move, um, especially for teams that might be around the second apron. I've targeted Norman Powell, perhaps, if the Magic want to take on that kind of a salary as a potential trade target for a team trying to get under that second apron. But we will ultimately see what teams do. And I think I think that will become more urgent at the trade deadline. So look, look. The trade deadline is going to be a lot of fun for this Magic team. But Jonathan Isaac and Gary Harris, both expiring deals on big contracts. I think the Magic might be wise to, to keep some of their cap room open uh, so that they can make some of those trades. I know that they do have to hit a salary floor around 90% of the cap. So they, they do have to spend some money here this offseason. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter. At Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That you're tuning in. Himmel, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of our podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you're part of my everyday crew. Check out tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll go over what those deadlines are for the Orlando Magic on Friday once again. We'll talk a little bit more about free agency and, and look at it more from a lineup perspective. That's that's going to be my plan. That's what I'm working on today is breaking down the Magic's free agency needs based off their best lineups. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.